Welcome to One City Podcast. Today, Pastors Chris and Karen Conley will take a deeper dive into this week's message and teach us to apply the truth of God's Word in our lives. Welcome to Conversations. This is week one of More Than Conquerors, and Chris and I are in studio today. Um, The whole purpose of this particular podcast is to take the message that was taught on Sunday and just engage and interact with it. Sometimes it's the things that we didn't get to say. Sometimes it's elaborating or just being able to add some additional information um, or application to that. Chris, we're here at More Than Conquerors. It's a brand new series. It launched on Easter Sunday of 2022. Maybe let's start out because this is the beginning of the series to say, why did you select this passage, this message for an Easter Sunday service? Well, a lot of times Easter is a holiday where a lot of people who, for a variety of reasons, you know, haven't been in church, show up to church. And when that happens, um, we don't want to criticize people, you know, and condemn people and make them feel bad about showing up when they finally show up. We want to encourage people and give people hope and let them know that most people, if they're not showing up, honestly, it's because there's some challenge going on in life, some complication going on in life, and we need to be compassionate toward people. We need to inspire people, and we need to give them the good news again so that the good news goes from their head to their heart and that they see maybe what they've been missing or they encourage someone, maybe it's a family member, maybe it's a friend that they've brought to church, and they can come alongside of that person and encourage them and say, listen, God loves you more than you can ever comprehend. And whatever it is that all of us battle something, whatever it is that you're battling, there is a way that God provides for each and every one of us to be more than a conqueror. Well, and Chris, as I think about um, that particular message, and one of the definitions that you use for condemnation uh, means to officially declare unfit for use. And um, that seems like so extreme on one hand, but on the other hand, I think it doesn't matter. Even the people that are consistently um, engaged in a church and are there week in, week out, how often... Um, I run across people who feel like they're unfit, that, that they, you know, they, it, maybe they're coming to church out of guilt or shame and they're showing up thinking, well, maybe this will help, but they're not even yet at a place of experiencing freedom. And so I love the fact that um, you're teaching this series, I think, especially in our culture where we're so quick Um, to feel shame and feel shut out and feel shunned, whether we're doing it, whether somebody else is doing it, where the enemy's doing it. But um, I love the message because it's not our message. It's God's message to us. Well, and scripture tells us, you you just referenced the enemy. You know, uh, Satan is the father of lies. What he loves to do more than anything is tell lies about God and lies about God's children. And the scripture also tells us that he is an accuser of the brethren. And so what he does is he actually is the one that condemns us all the time. All right. An example of that is, 
you know, he makes people feel guilty. And a lot of people go, oh, well, God's making me feel guilty. No, God paid for your sin on the cross. He paid for it in full. God doesn't condemn you. He doesn't make you feel guilty. He might convict you about a sin to warn you or protect you, but he doesn't place shame upon you. He doesn't place guilt upon you. He who knew no sin became sin for us in order that we might become the righteousness of God. And so the greatest lie of the enemy is he's actually the one who condemns, but he makes people think it's God who condemns. So he kind of flips the whole thing and makes us look at God as the condemner when it's actually the enemy who's doing the condemning. Well, I as I think about this passage and I think about what the message was that that came across on Sunday. Um, again, you were in Romans 8, 31 through really 39. Um, and, and I think in that message, um, you took five questions um, that the, the passage itself asked. And I don't know that we're going to go through all five of them in this podcast. But in the as we think about what you just said um, of how the enemy twists things around, um, sometimes it's just stepping back and going, okay, what is actually true? Um, is this who God is? Is he the one that would make me feel this way? Um, or is this me believing the lie of an enemy? Because if you think that God is against you, you're not going to run towards him. And so um, the, the passage in verse 31 that starts with, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? And, and I really would love for you just to, with some extra minutes here, maybe lean into the, the principle that you taught was that God is for you unconditionally, not conditionally. That's hard for most of us to get our mind around, that God really is for us unconditionally. Well, and honestly, we just have a hard time getting around God is for us. Mm. And it's just crazy. Like, why have we accidentally adopted a view of God that is not generous, a view of God that is not good, why do we allow ourselves to have this view of God as if he's this, you know, policeman in the sky that is, you know, waiting to catch you speeding, so to speak, and, you know, give you a ticket and make you pay the consequences. And so in this world of unconditional, um, it is the greatest gift that we have ever been given and we're having a hard time receiving a gift because we intuitively somehow, some way know we don't deserve the gift, but we have a hard time believing God's good enough to give us the gift. And the enemy's constantly lying to us about God. Well, he can't possibly be that good. And about us, about how bad we really are. And so we can't possibly deserve the gift. You're right. We don't deserve the gift. The gift is given by grace. Grace is the undeserved kindness of God. The gift is also given by mercy. Mercy is not receiving what you do deserve. And so God, in the abundance of his mercy, chooses not to judge us because his son actually paid for our sin. It's not that he winks at sin. It's not that he just erased sin. He paid for the sin, all right? And so we had a debt that we could not pay, and he paid it. 
And so all of that means that it is a unconditional gift. And what we've got to do is begin to understand the father-son, father-daughter relationship and know that what a parent-child relationship is built upon is sacrifice. And in that way, the parent is always sacrificing for the good of the child. You know, in this series, um, obviously it's to give us an accurate view of God and an accurate view of ourselves. And honestly, I think that's like, that's our job most of the time. Um, but in this context of, of thinking about that, um, when you think of somebody that's listening right now and they are, are not confident that God is for them, I think about how God, you know, we talk about he's holy, which means he's set apart, he's unique, um, he's radically different. And I think um, that word is so kind of church-oriented that sometimes it scares people away that he's holy. But if you can think about it in this context, that that's why he can love you unconditionally. He is different than anyone else. He is radically set apart because you don't know anybody in this world who is going to love you unconditionally, who is never going to give up on you, who's always going to believe in you. And the best parents in the world, we have tried to be the best parents for Mark and Annika. And I would like to say that I literally love my children unconditionally. But I'm sure if you ask them, there are ways that, that we have not been perfect parents to them. And so none of us look to our earthly parents and go, oh, they did it perfectly. No. So we don't, even in a healthy parent-child relationship, we don't know that fully. But that is who our God is. And so allow the fact that he is radically different, separate, and, and set apart to be what gives you peace of, oh, that really is one of the ways that he is so different. And he really, truly can love me in a way that I have maybe never experienced before. And all of that really begins with increasing our view of who God is. The more that we see him, uh, the way that um, the 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 stories of the Bible present him, uh, the way that history presents him, uh, the consistency of his sacrificial love, the consistency of him choosing mercy and grace, um, then the more we begin to understand what it means uh, to be his son or daughter. And, and so a quote, and I don't know where this quote came from, but I, I think it's uh, a little bit of a paradigm shift, but I think it's something that's really important for this particular topic. Your view of you, your view of you is your greatest commentary of God. And a lot of times we have a bad view of us, a low view of us, an inadequate view of us, a damaged goods view of us. And indirectly, we don't realize that's really saying that God can't handle these things. It's really saying that somehow or another, God's redemption is inadequate. God's covering of sin is inadequate. That God's grace can't do this perfecting transformational work. 
And the thing I would say to you is if we'll increase our view of God, then we will also increase our view of who we are as his son or daughter. And when we do that, we will have a greater confidence in those words. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And we will have much greater confidence that it says nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. So Chris, one of the things that we want to happen as people are um, listening to this podcast is to take the message from information to application. Um, And hopefully if you're sitting in there and you were there on that Sunday, you've already begun that. But a lot of times we we do, we just kind of shut down and don't actually allow the truth to move us to action. And so one of the things that you said was, you know, make a decision today to quit allowing the enemy to condemn you. Um, You said, make a decision today to quit condemning yourself and to quit condemning others. So those are three pretty strong and specific statements. How would you tell someone right now that maybe they they have a lot of internal battles and a lot of feeling like um, the enemy is winning? What does it look like in a practical way? Okay, I'm going to decide today that I'm going to quit allowing the enemy to condemn you. Now what? It's kind of a three-step process that we have taught in a series called Overcoming That Voice, that we recognize the lie. So first it has to begin with going, wait a second, that feeling of condemnation, that word of condemnation, that's not spoken from our Father. That's not who He is. It's not what He says. It's not what He does. So therefore, who must it be from? It is from the accuser, all right? And so we recognize the lie, but then we renounce the lie. And that's where we take some authority over it. We're like, no, you know, I refuse to accept that lie. I refuse to believe it. Um, And I actually renounce that. But then third, we go beyond that. We replace that lie with truth. And we say, you know, this is a lie, but the truth is that I am a son or daughter of God. The truth is I am fearfully and wonderfully made. The truth is I do have value uh, in God's family, in God's kingdom. The truth is he has given me the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit to dwell within me and gives me the ability to do all things pertaining to life and godliness. And you just keep going, the truth is, the truth is, the truth is, and the more you say those things, then the truth edifies. The truth builds you up. The enemy's purpose is to tear you down. One of the statements that I think is powerful is that you become what you behold. Uh, Behold means to focus on. And so a lot of times we're doing the work of the enemy for him. You know, if he's said something and we just keep agreeing with it and we just keep focusing on that and all the things that we do wrong and, and the one thing that we wish we hadn't done, then it almost, we convince ourselves to become the worst version of ourself, as opposed to focusing on the truth, becoming what we focus on being the truth. And we all of a sudden, God helps us become the best version of ourselves. Yeah. There's this principle in counseling that it's, it's not what is said to you that matters, but rather it's what you say to yourself about what is said to you that matters. And so it's important that we stop the lie. It, the lie may be spoken to us once. Do not adopt it yourself and then speak it to yourself a hundred times. Stop the lie, renounce the lie, replace the lie with truth 
and you begin to speak truth to yourself instead of repeating the lies. Chris, as we kind of shift gears a little bit here, um, I'm thinking about um, verse 32 and in, in this Romans 8 passage, and really it moved to the second question, and, and I want to maybe spend the remaining time here on this question. The verse itself reads, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? That is a powerful verse um, and one that maybe um, we struggle with sometimes of really believing. How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Speak to that verse and how important it is for us to embrace it and, and, and the nuances of it. Yeah. I mean, again, he's given you his greatest possession, his son. If you're going to give your very own son so that others can become sons and daughters, why would you withhold anything else? And so if you give everything that is the most treasured to you, the most important to you, then you're not all of a sudden going to reverse course and be selfish. You're not going to be greedy. Now, that doesn't mean he just gives you whatever you want because sometimes what you want is not what's best for you. But he's going to give you what he determines is best for you. And he does it graciously, not just because you've been good enough now, not just because all of a sudden, you know, you've learned a few things and you've taken off a few things and you know, you're a little bit uh, better as, you know, a person or a believer. No. Um, yes, he does bless obedience. Uh, yes, we want to live blessable lives, but he is looking for ways to bless you. He is looking for ways to encourage you. He is looking for ways to come alongside of you, to inspire you, to help you become everything that he has designed you to be. Well, Chris, um, and we, as we think about that in an application way, um, I love what you're saying, because I think you addressed a lot of the, you know, but what about, um, and then that kind of thing, he gives you all things, always kind of hangs people up, because it's like, well, I mean, I asked for that, and he didn't give it, so does he really give all things? And I think to your point, he gives us what he knows is best for us. And so in the message, you talked about asking. Um, you know, ask for something based on his goodness, not your goodness. Ask for a breakthrough. Ask for a blessing. Ask for bigger. And I think in the context, um, you know, God wants you to have a breakthrough. Um, he wants you to be free. He wants you to live out the fruits of the Spirit. So for somebody listening right now, you know, in this theme of more than conquerors in asking um, what would you say to that person that, that maybe um, hasn't been asking, seeking, knocking? Yeah, most people quit asking because they accidentally think that it is based on some type of be good enough. It's almost like Santa Claus, right? You know, whether you're naughty or nice, you know, and we just got to remove um, non-biblical thinking. We have to think according to his grace think according to his goodness. And in this, um, yes, this, this does not mean 
he doesn't, he's even more happy when we are uh, displaying ourselves for the purpose of godliness. Of course, he is, when we are abiding in him and therefore we're bearing fruit, more fruit, much fruit. Yes, of course, he wants to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. But at the same time, when you're struggling, uh, he wants you to run to him. When you're broken, he wants to heal you. Uh, when you're down and out and you just feel like you've got nothing to give, he has something to give. And so it's just simply um, you don't limit what you ask because you're accidentally thinking it's based upon your goodness and therefore you're not worthy and you don't deserve it. Ask based upon his goodness. And so in that um, regardless of uh, what your need is, come to him in your time of need. Hebrews 4.16 says, let us then with confidence, with confidence, draw near to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. And then the other verse I really, really love here and believe that all of us need to remember. It's from Lamentations chapter three, verse 22 and 23. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. Steadfast, never, never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning and great is your faithfulness. Mm, I know personally that um, that verse kept me going for a lot of hard days. And I think for somebody that's right now, maybe battling something that's, that's daily, like just in your face, um, feels too insurmountable, feels like you're not a conqueror, um, feels like you're barely, one of the things you said in the message was, you know, we have a culture of being copers, not conquerors. We're, we were not with the spirit of God living inside of us, um, brought here to just survive and cope. God has us here as his children to be usable vessels and to point people to the hope that he brings. Um, and so in that, but when you're facing something hard that you don't see the solution to, don't look at it thinking, you you know, I need God to give me, how am I going to get to the end? No, he's going to do it day by day. It's like the manna. Every day it was there. He he always provides, but sometimes if we can just realize he's gonna he's gonna give me tomorrow what I need tomorrow. I don't have to worry. I don't worry about tomorrow. Today's got enough worries of its own, and he will be faithful in that. So I love 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 that verse, um, Chris. As we wrap up this particular podcast, there's so many more things um, in this series that we will unpack. But what what is that last thing that you think, man, if you didn't get anything from this message, make sure you don't miss and you fill in the blank. What is it that in this message, there were so many things that were so impactful, but what to you was something that you think people need to really apply to their life? You just said it in many regards. Um, we are more than conquerors, not just copers. So stop giving yourself permission to just barely get by or to just try to survive or just try to find some coping mechanism. And, and this isn't, you know, listen, by no stretch am I, I am never negative toward counselors. I'm not negative toward getting any of the type of help. I'm just saying, as you get those types of help, don't settle for just getting back to like even, you know, 
you know, if you're in the negative right now and you're like negative five or negative three, and you're just like, I'm just trying to get back to kind of like, you know, even par. Um, no, strive to be more than a conqueror and actually advance and get ahead. Mm, and I might even just remove one of those words. You don't even have to strive. Sure. You have to just understand who your God is. He has made us more than conquerors. He wants you to experience that. And so I hope this particular message has been a huge encouragement and that you will um, stay connected to this series um, and allow it to help you become the best version of you. You guys take care. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed today's message, share it with a friend and be sure to subscribe to this channel so you don't miss a single episode. Join our movement and help us to prove that love works. You can give towards our mission at onecitymemphis.org. 